Amen. Well, I'm excited that today we are starting a new series. This series' title is Enough, and we're going to unpack what that means for each of us. But before I get there, I want to piggyback a little bit on last week, what we talked about. Just in case you missed, you can always go back. You know, we have podcasts and YouTube and Facebook, all the ways. You have no reason not to go back and get caught up. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about, just go back and get caught up. But essentially, one of the things I said is that one of the craziest things that God does is calls us to embody God's love in the world. And and it's crazy because the problems of the world are just so big and we are just so small. But I talked about how it doesn't matter though because God entrusts us in the small ways to live out God's presence in the world, even as as minuscule as that might seem. And so uh, this series literally is kind of embodied off of that principle that we are called to embody God's love in the world and the problems of the world are really big. Uh, the, the kind of the slant for this entire series is going to be uh, around, uh, think, uh, like ecological care um, that's theologically driven. And what I mean by that is how do we care for our environment and how do we care for the world in a way that also lives into our faith more fully? And so we are going to be talking about this, and hopefully each week we're going to have a a tangible way that you can take the charge in leading change in the world. And and I'm not trying to say that you're going to be the next person to, you know, be, you know, holding up a a banister outside of the White House or anything. I'm just going to say that if we want to change the world, you must have to be willing to change yourself, right? Right? If we want to change the world, you have to first be willing to change yourself. You must be willing to take action steps in the way that changes the world. And friends, let me tell you that, especially when it comes to conversations around global issues like climate change, it just feels like anything we do is not even a drop in the bucket. And I understand that feeling. But again, I truly believe that if we want to change the world, we must be willing to change ourselves. Because we live in a culture of just 24-7 pace, and I've talked about this before, and I was looking up some of my notes as I was preparing for this sermon, and I think it was just uh, over a year ago where we talked about Sabbath and how we might rest and have a rhythm of working and rest. And if you've heard this before and you say, hey, well, Brian, we've talked about this before. Well, that's okay because you know what? This is the, one of the commandments, first of all, and it's the commandment in which God spends the most time out of all the Ten Commandments. In fact, when God created the entire earth, when God created the entire earth, God created the plants, God, you know, put the sun in the sky, God did all the things and God said it was good. And sometimes in our 21st century Protestant work ethic, we think that day seven was all about rejuvenating after the work that had been accomplished, right? Because that's what we do. You know, it is hard for us to think of resting on a Sabbath day as a productive thing, 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I spend my weekends that are, you know, doing projects that we've been refinishing uh, some furniture that we inherited from Ashley's grandparents. And, and if we're not doing that, you know, I'm painting this or, you know, we're going to an activity with the kids. And maybe you can't relate. Maybe, you know, you're looking for things to do on the weekend. But surely you can relate to a time in your life when the weekends were filled with a hustle and bustle of the things that you got to get done, whether it's food prepping, cleaning, because you'd been working all week whatever it was, right? I mean, and on top of that, when was the last time you took a vacation where you just rested? I know many of us who live on island, we go on our trips, and I tell you what, it's been over two years now since I've been back mainland. Ashley and I are going back for Thanksgiving, and part of me is dreading it just a little bit. Hopefully my father and mother-in-law aren't watching right now. But the reason I dread it just a little bit is because you know the drill. You know the drill. What's going to happen? You know, boots on the ground, you're going to get there, and you're going to pull out your itinerary of the 20 different people you got to visit in that area within like a five-day window, right? You got to visit your best friend from college or your, you know, cousin or your brother or your mom, your dad, whoever it is. You're going around to, to this activity, to that activity, and I tell you what, most of the time when I go on vacation, what's the phrase, right? I need a vacation from my vacation, Right? <laughs> You been there? Especially now when you're going to be looking, I'm sorry to tell you, if you haven't traveled and you're about to travel, I bet it's not going to be all that relaxing unless you're just like going to travel to Waikiki and just sit there by the pool the whole time, right? Actually, I joke that the most relaxing vacation probably for us is just on the island where we do zero activities. Zero. Because even our vacations are filled with stuff, Right? the stuff we got to get done. I was looking at the things that people do on the weekends. And you know that more people spend time shopping for things than they do resting. Because what good comes from rest, right? Other than rejuvenation from the work. I think a biblical principle, and this is, I think, a firm biblical principle, is that Sabbath does not exist because of the work that we had the week before. Like, so like I rest on a day so that I can continue to work. Sabbath in itself is God's desire for all of creation. Let me repeat that. Sabbath in itself is God's desire for all of creation, and we happen to work during the time. I love the scripture that we have today because I think it makes a connection that most of us usually don't, which is to say that most of us, when we think of taking Sabbath, right, you know, it's it's about us, right? It's about like our connection to God. It's about going to church. It's about spending some time with our family. But there is a a significant uh, push or movement called uh, like eco-justice. And what I mean by that is how might we bring justice to the earth around us? And one of the pushes is to practice Sabbath. To practice Sabbath. I mean, think about it. I'm sure many of you have read an article over the past two years, whether it's locally about Hanama Bay or whether it's, uh, you know, just globally about the lack of movement, right? Because people hadn't been flying as much. They hadn't been visiting the reef as much. And, And sparks of our environment started to kind of pick up pace a little bit, you know, gather more fish in Hanama Bay or, you know, the skies are a little bit clear because we did less globally together. 
we Americans do more than we ought to. You know, when, when do gas prices go up, right? Right before a holiday weekend. Why do they go up? Because everyone's going to drive no matter what, right? What else happens? More accidents happen over the weekend because there's more people on the roads. There's all sorts of things because we just move and move even on our time off. But here we have in the book of Isaiah this connection with justice and what? Sabbath. This connection with justice and with Sabbath. And he talks about the foreigner that finds their way in because they maintain this day of rest. They talk about the eunuch finding ownership and identity within the context of what? The Sabbath. And there's practices that the ancient Jews had done for years. They used to, you know, kind of move the different crops around, lay fallow for a time. They used to literally embody the Lord's Prayer when it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those indebted to us with what was called the year of jubilee. It wasn't every year that they did it. It wasn't every week they did it. It was like every 77 years, but it would literally revert the land that had become indebted to some people and they were, you know, indebted servants or slaves, it would revert the land back to what it was and the debts would be canceled and it would be a time for everyone, everyone, to kind of have that freedom again. Because that's what Sabbath is about, is finding our freedom in Christ, in God not in the productivity and our identity from it, but in our identity as God's beloved children. So I want to ask you this, in the, in the scope of all the issues around the globe, especially when we look at in the environment, which we're going to be talking about throughout this next five-week series, what would it look like if just one thing got taken off your plate. One thing. Perhaps it's the one extra trip. I mean, I'm, and guys, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this, right? So this is a sermon to myself. So don't think I'm like holier than thou because, you know, I'll be like 10 minutes before dinner and I'll say, shoots, ash, I forgot an onion. And then, you know, hop into the car and go to the store, right? But what would it look like to do one less of those? To do one thing less on your day of rest than perhaps you had planned? to do one of those things. Because remember, what did I say at the beginning of our talk, our conversation today? If you want to change the world, you have to be willing to change yourself. And I know that you'll look around and you'll see other people that are doing all the things. And I know that your choice, your personal choice, might not affect them, one, might not do anything to the global impact. But the reality is, if it doesn't start somewhere, it's not going to start at all. Because we have lived, we've been living an unsustainable pace for decades, especially within our American society. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're the only ones at all. But this, here we have a biblical principle that God calls us to which is not that hard, except for those of you like me, 
Those of you who that need to do next thing and the next thing and need to add something to your plate, it's hard to stop. I get it. But what would it look like for you to do it? Because I promise you this, if you stop and rest, God's presence will be there. God's presence will be there when you work, too. But the reality is, is that God calls us over and over again to this centering time. Not wasted time. You know, one of the other activities that people spend on the weekends is watching TV. Not wasted time, right? But time to rest. We include in our worship services a 30 seconds of silence. And for some people, and again, this might not be you. You might be killing it on this front, right? You might be doing exactly what you might be having more rest than you want to. But for some people, that's some of the only silence they have. Because any silence that they have in their life, it's either, you know, turn on their favorite channel or pull up their email or pull out the newspaper or pull up their TikTok feed. And God calls us over and over again not to do more, because we do that well. But God calls us to rest. I mean, think about the global impact that would happen if every single human on earth stopped activity for one day during the week. Not that it had to be on the same day, but like one day during the week. Think about the less goods that were having to be produced, the less oil that was having to be made, the less all of those things, the less. And here's the thing that we're going to be talking about throughout this series, though, is that I fervently believe that God calls us not to a life of more and extra and an overabundance, but God calls us to a life of enough where we live with enough and we find that the world around us gets more and more life because of it. If we live with an attitude of contentment with enough, we might find that we might live more fully. And we're going to cover some ground together. We're going to have a conversation about food. We're going to have a conversation about our finances. We're going to have a conversation about what does it look like to celebrate and to fast. And all of it is, you know, driven out of this idea, not of excess, but driven out of a concept of enough. Because God wants us to rely on God. Do you know that? And it's hard when I'm working my way through the checklist to remind myself of that. It's like, I do this, do that. Because once, when you have to turn that checklist, you know, flip it over, you have to trust that it'll all happen, or at least your sanity will still be intact. And even though it seems minuscule, right? to set it aside, and then just to trust that it will be okay. It's a small way you teach yourself to rely on God. And remember, our purpose, our identity in life is not in the accomplishments, but it is in that rest, 
It's in that Sabbath where we find God's desire for all of creation. And don't get me wrong, we ought to work. We ought to do good as much as possible, right? But here the but take this charge. Do one less thing. One. When someone asks you why you can't do it, say, my pastor said I'm going to do one less thing. And they ask you why, tell them why. What conversation would that be for a starter, right? Say, I know it's not me, you know, like I'm, you know, pohenani. We don't go out much, right? But you say to them, you say, I'm going to do one less thing. And they go, well, why are you doing that right now? You say, because my pastor said we're going to do one less thing. Well, why are they doing that right now? Because we think that if we as a society did one less thing, it might have a better impact on the entire world. That is a conversation starter around a table, is it not? It really is. And it's not going to control what people are doing in Cambodia or Japan or China or wherever. It's not going to control any of that. And it's going to feel as crazy as God handing the baton to us, saying, you got this. You are going to embody my love in the world. I have to tell this story only because it's, it's me actually practicing it. Because you know, my mom's coming into town later today, and so I had my, ch- I had my checklist, a sermon to myself, right? Remember I told you that? Remember our conversation, uh, if you were here, our conversation last week when I talked about the like, crazy idea of a balance bike, right? And I talked about like my, do- like, my kids, they have these little balance bikes, which is a, a bike without pedals, and so they kind of learn to balance on it, and then you push it. Well, Stella never liked it, so she never did it. She always, she had, she's the only child that got the training wheels, right? And so there I was in, in my carport uh, at the parsonage, and I was you know, going through all my tools and organizing so my, my carport didn't look like a total disaster when my mom comes, because that's like my area, you know? So it's like I have to clean up my area so mom like, sees me doing my job a little bit. But, so I'm there with my checklist and doing all that, and then I remember the conversation uh, that we had last week about the balance bike, and Stella was on her balance bike for like the first time in months. And then I was thinking about how I'm about to give a sermon on taking a Sabbath on probably my day that was supposed to be Sabbath, right? Because I'm here today and we're doing something. But I was there. And so I said, okay, maybe I'm going to stop. So I left the carport just full of junk, right? Just is all over. My tools were literally on the ground. I was like, I'm going to go play with Stella. And I go, guys, get the camera out. We're going to go for it. I took an hour, right? But I stopped. And intentionally, I did some, I just stopped. And I, had, I thought it was, the carport was going to be a disaster. Ashley was working yesterday. It was going to be a disaster when she got home. I was like, okay, but it'll get done. Set that aside. She learned to ride a bike yesterday. I gave her a push. I know, right? Gave her a push. It just, she's so excited. She's ready to go. We got videos of it. It was so good. So good. And then you know what happened? The carport got done, right? And I was stressing out, and I was like, what, what's going to happen? I've got to do the dishes, got to clean, got to try to make the place look, look presentable for when Ashley gets back, so she's not like, what kind of a disaster town did you leave me when I came home? And then you know what happened? Deborah Tom, our staff parish relations chair, texts me at 5.30 p.m., right as I was starting to get stuff out for dinner, and she goes, Brian, I'm coming by. I got dinner for you. Yeah, right? I took just a little time still learned to ride a bike. And then it, it happened. Someone brought by dinner. And I know that doesn't happen all the time, but 
that's the sort of abundance that we have. And it was a, a, just a thank you dinner, a Deborah Bob, just be kind and just generous. It was such perfect timing. Didn't have to do any dishes, didn't have to meal prep, didn't do any of that. Your checklist will get done. And you might just find when you live more with enough, you're going to have more than enough life. You're going to have more life than you would have otherwise getting that checklist done. Who knows when Stella would have ridden a bike? She's so determined. I don't know. I mean, to try to convince her to do anything. But when you're present, when you say no to that one thing that you're doing, the one thing, you'll find this principle of enough. And God gives us life in abundance. I invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, whether it's paying our bills or getting caught up on emails or golf and lunch or whatever we got going on, especially now as we're able to do more of those things, somehow we understand that you call us to rest. Help us live into that so that the world might more fully live. And throughout this series that we might see how uh, the relationship between our, our practices of living with enough might lead to a more just world around us. By traveling a little bit less. doing less activities, and finding our rest in you might impact the globe, the earth in which you have created, and at the same time might enrich our relationships with one another. So throughout this series, teach us just that principle. how living with enough may enable us to more fully live. And that if we want to change the world, we must be first willing to change ourselves. Because God, all of you is more than enough. Amen.